as always, a big thank you to Myra Green for her music, her composition, Passing Places. You can find out more about Myra Green and her music at myragreen.com or pop on to my own website, bonnytours.com and follow her story from there. Hello and welcome to episode 54 of Passing Places. I always say if you're a regular listener, welcome back. And if you happen to be new to Passing Places, it's a diary of my ongoing travels around Scotland. And somehow I've managed to miss an episode. It's two weeks since I last released an episode. And that's probably because I've been out and about every day. We've had some great weather. I know I talk about weather too much, but we've had some late September warm and sunny weather and I suppose early autumnal weather which has been fantastic so I've been out almost every day and I think the weekend before last I was up at Strathire I was out in my van, met with my brother and we stayed at the Immervillen caravan and campsite which is, well Strathire's at the top of Loch Lubnig which is maybe 10 miles north of, roughly 10 miles north of um, Calendar So a little bit more about that in due course. But before we get into this week, which is a little bit about Strathire and some information about uh, walking and long-distance footpaths and cycling and canoeing, I just wanted to give a couple of quick shout-outs. Quick mention to Ilya Oblomo. I hope I've got your name right there, Ilya. Uh, Both Ilya and her husband have been in Shetland for the last week or so and have been updating their Facebook posts on a regular basis with uh, photographs and comments about Shetland. So I was really pleased to follow the story and Shetland is my uh, one, if you say, outstanding place. I've been told it's an outstanding place but it's the one major part of Scotland I've yet to visit and way back in the the depths of time one of my, I think it was my grandparents, came from the island of Unst which is the northernmost island in Shetland so I'd love to go to Shetland and probably spend a few weeks there so that's been on the bucket list for a long long time and we'll now have to wait I think till next year and I also just wanted to mention a few people on iTunes Uh, I got a review the other day from iTunes name was Charlie Trees and uh, Charlie I'm assuming it's it could be a a woman I suppose I'm assuming it's a, a guy wrongly I suppose but an excellent podcast helps me get through my horrible drive to work. Kevin, welcome back from your break and keep up the good work. So that was uh, really good to to get an iTunes review after asking for one. And I also, I just remembered that last year when I sort of dropped out of producing regular episodes, I'd forgotten that there were a number of people who'd left me iTunes reviews in October. And uh, perhaps maybe I should just mention a few of them because they were never really mentioned on the podcast. I can just pull them up here. Um, if you go back to October to now, what would that be? White, W-I-G-H-T, White Wit. And uh, he said, I relish the descriptions of places I have yet to visit. The soft Scottish brogue exudes calm and enjoyment of the chosen lifestyle. A joy to listen to when sitting by a roaring fire in autumn. I've long planned to experience a tour in a camper van, but I've only a hazy idea of those features which are essential, nice to have, or a waste of space. Perhaps you could touch on these practical things. So although that was a year ago, we're back in autumn, and uh, that would be something I'd 
Uh, I'll try and respond to in the next few weeks is mention some of the... <laughs> That's a uh, skid. Drinking water. You know, the dog, every episode he does this. Uh, I should stop feeding him dry food. <laughs> and I'm using my uh, condenser microphone so it picks up every noise. So... <laughs> Skid, do you mind? Thank you. Where was I? Yeah. I was in the middle of reading that review and I've lost my plot here. Um, yeah, essential features about uh, camper vans. And uh, could I touch on some of the practical things? So yeah, I'll have a think about that and come back to you uh, on that one. In the next uh, few weeks we'll do some content on an episode. And then this is an interesting one. Manslayer1972 says, Wow, what a voice. I listened to the Orkney podcast. I'm in the process of looking for a house there and buying a van. So it was very interesting to hear the rain and wind. Also all the different things happening there. Wouldn't mind a glass of gin too and his voice is gorgeous. Lots of exclamation marks. I think I might have put that one in myself actually after a few gins, but I'm taking it in good faith that... Uh, that's a genuine review, so thank you very much for that one. And uh, M4th Geek says, Explore Scotland. It's uh, an interesting, enjoyable podcast about Kevin's travels around Scotland in a motorhome with his dog. Find out where they went and what they did. Well presented and covers a good range of subjects. So that was from M4th Geek. So that, that was some of the reviews from October. And as I say, it's great to get reviews. And I also have just heard that the iTunes uh, update of the software has seems to have disrupted the podcasting app. So if you are listening to Passing Places on your podcast app on your iPhone and you've updated to uh, iOS 9, you might have to unsubscribe to my podcast and then resubscribe to see if it works. <laughs> This kid is now, after these drinks, decided to eat some more food. Skid. Hi. Trying to do the podcast here. Thank you. Come on down. <laughs> He's just uh, something else. Anyway, I wouldn't do without him. So where were we? We're just talking about the iTunes reviews. Yeah, so if you if you're having any problems with your um iOS nine on your iPhone, it's been well documented there's a problem with the podcasting app. And if you haven't yet updated, it's been nearly two weeks and I uh Apple haven't responded with a fix for this, so you might want to wait before you update to iOS nine, which is what I'm doing. And anyway, let's get back on track. I'll ignore Skid in the background. He'll give up on that uh, bowl of food in a second or two. Uh, yeah, we were talking about um, Strathire. I was up in Strathire and ended up in the Rob Roy Way. And it's a walk that I've been on that walk a number of times in the past. And I don't normally refer to it in my own head as the Rob Roy Way. But the Rob Roy Way is it's quite a good uh, alternative to taking on the West Highland Way. The West Highland Way, I think, gets... Something amazing, like 200,000 people a, a year or something. And yet there's, I think there's 
at least 24 or 25 uh, long distance footpaths now across Scotland. If you go onto the internet and uh, look up the website scotlandsgreattrails.org.uk, you'll find them all listed there. And uh, an obvious one as an alternative to the West Highland Way, if you're in that part of the country, is walking from uh, Drimmon to Pitlochry on the on the on the Rob Roy way. I don't know if I can leave this in. I didn't realise he'd that much food left. Uh, but then he is the co-host, I suppose. He's <laughs> you finished? Have you finished? <laughs> he's got guilt. Oh, he's eating again. Right, I'm just going to crack on. Yeah, the Rob Roy Way is worth considering. You can get, uh, you can start at Drimmon and it heads, if you've got, dig out a map or go online and look at the route. There's plenty of little villages, towns on the way and some really nice scenery. And uh, most of the the walk is certainly off-road. I think the bit up between Killin, heading up that way to, towards Kenmore. You'd be on the quiet side of Loch Tay, but... In general, it's good walking. Certainly that bit that I've done most is uh, from Cullin down to Calendar. Been on that section umpteen times. And you could also, in terms of transport, getting to Drummond for the start, you could maybe add a day on and uh, walk the West Highland Way from Mulgai, which is on the outskirts of Glasgow. You can get trains to the start of the West Highland Way and add a day on, walk to Drummond, and then instead of heading on up the side of Loch Lomond on the West Highland Way, take a, I suppose, a right almost and head towards Calendar. Well, Aberfoyle and then Calendar. And uh, that's the Rob Roy way. The, the ones that I'm more familiar with are the Space I think we'll just uh, pause the, I think I'll pause the podcast and I'll go and uh, thrash the dog for five minutes and then I'll come back. See, he's stopped now since I mentioned that. A good thrashing. <laughs> That's him finished. And uh, I'm totally lost my plot now. Yes. The, <laughs> the Rob Roy way is, uh, is worth considering. I would quite like to do it as a proper walk. And I've also talking about skid or skid. Uh, sabotaging the podcast. I've got this new uh, buddy rider uh, thing for my bicycle, which is a seat for the dog and it, it runs, it sits, it's mounted from the saddle post and he sits between my arms and looks out over the handlebars. It was on Dragon's Den a few years ago. If you go into YouTube and type in buddy rider, you'll see the presentation on Dragon's Den. I don't think it was the UK version, but... Uh, that's the buddy rider, so I was thinking maybe I could do something like the Rob Roy way with the dog and the bicycle. But the issue is always accommodation. I'm getting too old and uh, my joints aren't uh, what they should be for the camping. I'm uh, moaning now, but I might do the Rob Roy way at some point, maybe in the springtime next year. So yeah, the Rob Roy way, worth considering and one that I've been on the Five Coastal Path is great, very, very different type of scenery, little fishing villages that you hear me talk about in the podcast quite often. Uh, 
the space sideway is one that I've done sections of as well as the full walk a couple of times and it takes you through all the space side distilleries and obviously alongside the river Spey and through some nice little villages and towns and uh, it's quite a nice soft landscape most of it and a very good route a lot of it on the old Strathspey railway line so I'd certainly recommend the space sideway as an option and there's a few as I say there's there's loads of them um, but a great way to maybe set yourself a challenge if you're trying to get fit or you're fit already and looking for something to do. Some people use them as fundraising exercises as well. And a lot of them lend themselves to perhaps taking your bicycle or um, rather than just your uh, walking if you want to cycle some of them. And then Scotland again is, is seeing more and more of uh, mountains biking routes getting set up. Dumfries and Galloway is very good for mountain biking and there seems to be more and more routes being added so you can uh, think about that as well if you're into mountain biking if you're coming to Scotland some really good routes and then I, when I was looking at the long distance footpaths I came across the the Great Glen Canoe Trail I think it's called or the Canoe Paddle it's a you can paddle all the way down or I don't know why I'm assuming down but you can paddle from Inverness to Fort William and I'd imagine thinking about it given the prevailing weather most people would start at the Fort William or Banavie end but you would go up through Loch um, Lochy well you're on the canal but you have to na navigate through three pretty big lochs you've got uh, Loch Lochy and Loch Oich and then you've got Loch Ness so if you don't mind uh, the possibility of the monster capsizing your canoe you could canoe I think 60-70 miles or something and uh, that would be quite an interesting challenge as well, certainly for me. So yeah, that's uh, long distance footpaths. Uh, go on to scotlandgreattrails.org.uk and uh, take it from there. So you yeah, were moving into autumn and I've been out and about on my Get Fit campaign and doing these steps. I've decided that rather than the, I'm on 7,500 steps a day and where I'm doing, although I'm managing that target probably five, six days a week. I'm actually doing three days, two or three days longer walks to get some fitness and almost having rest days in between. So I've been out, as I say, almost every day and I've got some audio here from wandering around, mainly in the Carn Valley. I've come up with three or four routes. There's a little road closure uh, locally, which has caused me a problem. I've got to do a 10 mile detour or so to get to some of my normal walks. So I've been out in the same place uh, quite a few times in the last week or so. So let's dive into some audio. That's uh, out in the Carn Valley about a week ago in some nice weather. Well, you join Skid and I on another lovely day in September. We're out in midweek and we're out in the Carn Valley. You've heard me mention the Carn Valley a number of times. It's southwest of Stirling, northwest of Glasgow, in the Campsie Fells and it's uh, Carn Valley Reservoir is a place that you'll find easily on the map and we're on the south side of the reservoir. We're on the, at the furthest point, a circular walk along the, the south shoreline and then up through the woods and back to the car park. So we're probably, I'm guessing about three and a half miles from, just over an hour from the car we're at the furthest point and we've come up off the shoreline we're up in the conifer plantations on a little 
forestry track. As I say, it's a lovely day. We're, we're getting in the shade occasionally. The way the sun is moving over the trees, the trees are all mature. It's another one of these forests that will be felled in the next few years. But it's great to be out. We've had uh, fantastic weather, and for the walkers amongst you, you know, a seven-mile walk isn't exactly huge, but for me, it's the the longest walk yet. In this uh, get back to fitness campaign that I'm on since mid June. Just been building up very, very steadily each week, and today we're going to blow the target away because I'm on, I think, seven thousand steps a day, and this will be nearer fourteen or fifteen thousand. So, but you've got to grab the weather and do something with it while you've got it. I'll be looking back and weeks ahead, thinking back to September when we had that really nice spell. So, and I've got these woods to myself. It's amazing. Out, uh, you feel like in the middle of nowhere. And I haven't met a soul yet today, so we've got the place to ourselves. And last week we were out in the Garden Valley again, and I was after a, a decent walk. We were sitting on a little stone bridge. Uh, Skid was in paddling, and the post they came by, if you know Postman Pat, the kids' programme, he came along the little single track road up and down the, the humps, and he stopped and said, pulled his window down and said, Have you, Are you looking at the Osprey? I said no, and uh, right above my head there was an osprey circling, so I spent about 15 minutes watching the osprey flying around, uh, it headed off south and came back round again, and I was at the Earl's Burn, there was a little uh, waterfall and pool there where people jump in, and above the Earl's Burn there's two reservoirs which are imaginatively called the Earl's Burn Reservoir 1, and the Earl's Burn Reservoir 2. <laughs> so, the osprey was up there, I think. I don't know if they still fish at this late stage in the season. And Ospreys have normally left in August, September time, so it was maybe just having a, a final farewell a day or two before heading south. And I was online checking that out, I because I was surprised there was an osprey there. I was just amazed at these online sites where you can follow the ospreys as they head back to Africa. And one of them, uh, I think from the Loch of Lowes or somewhere in Scotland, had just decided to take a holiday in France. So it stopped in France for a week or two. Whereas its pal or its mate had uh, arrived in Africa pretty quickly. So, yeah, that was quite interesting just to go online and watch how the Ospreys migrate. And then after the Osprey, I got back in the car and again along this little single track road and there was a, a kestrel flying in front of me, so I slowed down and it settled on a telegraph pole and there was a line of telegraph poles running alongside the single track road and every time I walked the car along the, the kestrel would fly to the next pole and I would get to within maybe two thirds of a pole distance and it would fly to the next one and I would go along a little bit and we must have gone half a mile trying to get a decent photograph of the kestrel but not to be so yeah, it's been uh, a great September, really good, and I'm finally getting the, the feel that I've got some fitness in my legs. Still haven't done any proper aerobic stuff in terms of going up decent mountains or hills, but when you're out on these tracks, you're always coming across little inclines, it's good, basic uh, fitness, and the weight's dropping off, which is good as well, so it's all good, and uh, long weight continues, so we're going to say another hour or hour and a half we'll be back in the car and we're up as I say 900 feet or so 
and uh, it's a bit breezy up here so I'll uh, close there and I'll catch up again on the walk. So yeah, that was a really good uh, good day and it's, if you don't keep a diary you'd get all these days mixed up or forget you know where you'd been and what uh, days were, were what, but that's a, a route that I was back out on again in the last few days and I've got some more audio from uh, just a different part of the route if you'd like to listen to this little section as well. Well, Skid and I are out again today in the Carn Valley. We're on the same seven mile route that we were on a couple of days ago and yesterday was a, a wet day. We had heavy showers most of the day and the little burn or stream that we've stopped at for lunch here. A wooden bridge coming over it. A lot more water in it today, you can probably hear it. I'm standing by the stream and the dog's been in for a paddle. Lovely day and earlier on in the walk we flushed out accidentally a few red deer and skid throughout the walk he seems to be able to scent or smell these red deer so he points like a little pointer lifts his leg and uh, it makes me laugh the idea of a, a Jack Russell out deer hunting but uh, <laughs> he just loves these walks so we're enjoying the sunshine again long may it last I think we've got some high pressure for a few days and this walk and walks similar to it around here are becoming my sort of training ground I think to get some decent fitness and lose some weight so it's really enjoyable feeling so much better over the last couple of months as I've got out almost every day and we've been up in the pace so all, all is good it's funny you're, I keep mentioning this about a lot, lot of the areas that I walk in are only you know 20 minutes half an hour from the central belt of Scotland 15-20 miles from Glasgow and you feel that you're in the middle of nowhere. This is a really mature woodland. I haven't met a single person in the last two hours. And we have no phone signal. There's no phone signal at all throughout this walk. So although you're, you're not that far from civilization, you do feel that you're getting some peace and quiet and that you're almost in the middle of nowhere. And the dog can run free. He's perfectly happy off the lead. So it's a smashing day couple of days into autumn as well so the seasons are beginning to move on but anyway we're going to go off and finish our lunch just walk away from the stream a little minute and uh, we'll catch up with you later on the podcast and then this weekend I believe was a bank holiday, bank holiday weekend or a, what we call the September weekends a lot of people are off Friday Monday and I was thinking on Sunday that everywhere would be really busy, but I was keen to go out for a walk. So here's some audio from my walk on uh, Sunday. That's another smashing day. It's a Sunday. And I'm trying not to be too smug here, but there's a, a lot of people out and about in the Loch Lomond and Trossachs National Park, I'm sure. Parked up in car parks and walking the dog like I am in a, a forest. And one of the places I would I thought of going today was up at Aberfoyle. Up there they've got, uh, well they have a centre, they've got high zip wires and all sorts of attractions. A cafe, toilets, a shop and uh, a big car park. 
pain display. So if I'd gone there, it'd be like going to a shopping centre somewhere. Now they've also got uh, hides up there and uh, video cameras of ospreys and things. But I'm in the National Park, in a totally different location, in a very similar woodland, which only has two little entrances a few miles apart. I'm the only person here, not day in the car park. And we were just listening there to a woodpecker. And I've got an osprey nest I can see from a, a good distance, safe distance, not just now but near here. And I'm pretty sure the ospreys have gone, this is late September. But a perfectly reasonable place to observe them without disturbing them during the time they're here. And all of this, I say to myself, I'm perfectly happy if I meet a few people today, but on a Sunday I need to pick carefully where I'm going because I don't want to end up with the crowds. So yeah, just with the benefit of the internet, Google Maps, Street View, all these things, you just 10-15 minutes research online. You don't really need to be going with the crowds. There's loads of places you can go and feel as if you're having a place to yourself. But then you won't get your coffee and cake, your little souvenir in the shop, and your ticket for your car so you can park. So it's uh, horses for courses. But this is fantastic. I mean, this is not really late summer anymore. It's early autumn. Absolutely glorious day. If I stop walking, that's probably even too much noise in the microphones, but birds are still singing. Skid's running up and down, enjoying himself. Skid, come on, come. Sometimes he gets too far ahead, and if you call him, he'll come back or stand and look at you. He certainly won't keep going. <laughs> Skid, come. Come on, come. Here he comes. Come on. Good boy. Right. I'm going to switch off the recordings now because I've reached a, a branch in the, in the track and I'm not sure, say, which way to go. I'm trying to build up some mileage with these silly steps I keep doing. So I'm going to uh, just dig into my phone. Uh, I've got a couple of apps on the phone. Some of these apps are work perfectly well when you've got no phone signal. As long as you've got a GPS. And it's, I mean, I can't remember ever having a situation where I don't have a GPS signal. I've just seen another bird on a tree disappear. A bit like a tree creeper. Might be another woodpecker. Uh, skid's not great for finding wildlife because he disturbs it too often he's ahead of me and he flushes things out but anyway I'm going to check where I am and decide whether I'm going to add a couple of miles on from here or retrace my steps I've got a loop to complete further back so I've got three or four options uh, I'll just do that now and I'll get back to you now before you listen to this final section, there's uh, the first health warning ever on passing places. This part, this bit of audio talks about uh, ticks. And ticks are horrible little things and if you are at all squeamish or you don't want to hear too much about it, just 
fast forward, keep pressing the little button that winds you forward 30 seconds or whatever player you're using, you can get to the end of that section. I was actually not going to put it in, but then I thought, well, maybe a lot of people are sensible and want to hear these things or are better known about them, but uh, it's all about ticks and don't worry about ticks if you come to Scotland. They're not that uh, problematic, really, but I thought I'd mention them. So here we go. You've been warned. We're now sitting on a, it's not a bench, it's one of these frames for the beaters, um, broom things they use to put the fire out in the woodland. What it'll do is a bench for me. And the trees have gone from here anyway. So we're looking out over a small loch, maybe less than a mile wide. And in one of the bays just below me, 100 feet below me, there's two boats, anglers, fly fishing for trout. Things have stopped. Loch. And up until a few weeks ago, they would have been sharing the fishing with the ospreys. But I'm pretty sure they've gone now. Or last week in September. And you might hear a little bit of traffic sound from a road which is half a mile away. Back back where my car is. But skids been rolling around in the grass here, which is a bad sign. The last week or two, all this fine weather, we've been spending a lot of time in these woodland tracks because they're, they're good general exercise for me, giving them unfit. It's not really hill walking as such. It's not cardio training. It's just getting the miles in, getting the steps in. But there's a lot of uh, bracken around, almost uncontrolled levels of bracken. And they're particularly bad for ticks. And we've also been up in the moors where there's a lot of heather. And again, the heather's bad for the ticks. So I'm usually fine because I'm wandering along the track, but he's in and out the bracken, in and out the heather. In fact, he's gone. Oh no, he's there. He's in and out the heather and the bracken. And he's just the ideal height. The ticks are, they reckon, about 30 centimetres off the ground. And as he wanders through, they hit his chest. And the time I get him home, the other day, I think it was 12 or 13 ticks I took off his... Uh, chest, uh, he's under his, you know, his oxters under his legs and uh, on his belly and they're a pest of things to get off. I'm probably putting off everybody who's thinking about visiting Scotland. If you live in the towns and cities in the central belt in Scotland uh, you've probably never come across a tick or some people have never even heard of ticks but they're a regular occurrence when you're out and about particularly in the Highlands. In the last, I don't know, 10 or 20 years, they've got really bad. And I was reading online recently, the, the euphemism was changes in farming practices had added to the number of ticks. But I think if you get between the lines, what the ticks really want is uh, deer. And we've got huge uh, numbers of deer uh, across hundreds of thousands of acres in the Highlands. And the tick feed off the blood of mammals, normally deer. They're quite happy Jack Russell or humans for that matter. But so whether you get high density of deer, you get a lot of ticks. <clears throat> and one of the things they've been researching now, whether it's a public health issue or a deer management issue, but the worry about ticks is that they carry a lot of diseases. 
Lyme's disease being one of the more serious ones. So ideally you don't want to be bitten by a tick. But uh, they've been researching using sheep. They call them uh, tick mops. <laughs> so that's what uh, Skiddy Boy is. He's a Jack Russell mop, a tick mop. And the idea is they, they dip these sheep in high concentrates of chemicals which kill ticks. And they have to do it pretty frequently or periodically, so I don't know the economics of it. And obviously these chemicals are pretty toxic, but the the ticks are mopped up by the sheep. So if you put enough sheep onto the land, you'll mop up quite a lot of the ticks. And therefore it's uh, they're experimenting as to whether that's a viable way to control ticks. But uh, I've had, in the last four or five years, I've had three ticks on my legs. Two in the same day and then another one. One on my kneecap. So the best thing if you're out walking is don't walk through bracken in particular, but bracken and also heather. Stick to tracks and paths. And if you are going to be on the West Highland Way or walking, hill walking through heather and things, you want to keep long trousers on, preferably. And gaiters, which cover the, you know, really give you good coverage between your boots and your knees. Equally, just, uh, you know, be gung-ho and go with your shorts on. It's always nice to wear shorts in decent weather. I wear shorts all through the summer normally. And then just check your legs. Uh, have a shower when you finish and check your legs for ticks because they're so small, but the size of a poppy seed or smaller. I can't, I can't see them anyway, unless they're already uh, attached. And as they, they, they stick their head into your flesh and they suck your blood. They're a member of the, um, what do you call it, arachnid family, the spider family. But they stick their head into your leg or your anywhere they can find and they'll feed for hours or maybe even days. And once they're about the size of a pea, maybe a bit smaller, they'll just uh, drop off. And with skid, you know, I've got a, what they call tick removal tools. I've got little plastic things that help me get them off them. But in the, I say the old days, years ago we used to burn them off with matches and pull them off with fingernails and there's a couple of problems. If you pull them off you can easily leave the head behind which can get infect infected and also if, you, if you're trying to squeeze them and you squeeze the, the tick, it'll regurgitate its insides and the blood it's taken back into you which is really dangerous. So Unfortunately there's a few people who have had serious... Uh, life-changing illnesses because of tick bites. When I get them I just, uh, if I see one in my leg I'll wait till I get home until it's a little bit bigger or got the right uh, lighting or whatever that I can see it. And then there's a debate as to whether you put them under a bit of pressure with a tweezers or I use this tick removal tool and just gradually put more stress on them and then they'll pop out. The tool I've got suggests that you twist them slightly and the thing will let go and again that's a big debate as to whether you twist a tick or not so there you have it that's the big secret about Scotland we've got ticks but then um, they've got them all over Europe as far as I know you have them in North America and uh, it's just one of these things Skid yeah, he's rolling around the grass which I'll be pretty sure he's got a couple of ticks on him oh, they're just a pest and uh, they, they, I say they die off. They're, 
the bracken will die down in the next uh, month or so and then ticks are pretty rare in the winter I don't know, do they hibernate or die off or do the next lot hatch out in the spring I don't know how it works but certainly from October onwards there'll be less of a problem uh, <laughs> he's now found a plastic lid which he's playing with uh, so the ticks will be gone the midges will be gone in the next week or two and I'm watching these guys in the boats and they haven't got a fish yet which Thinking back to my England days where you would fish for hours without catching fish. There's a lot of uh, ducks in these in this loch as well, so whether they're on their migration or not, I should really become a wildlife expert and then I could tell you something useful instead of giving you half a story every time. So don't uh, fret about the ticks if you've never heard them before when you come to Scotland and you're thinking about rolling around naked in the heather. I would just. Uh, Keep your clothes on, you'll be fine. So that's, uh, they talk about glamping where you're camping but with all the luxuries. In fact, you're not even camping, you're often in a little uh, wooden hut of some kind. And these guys are, are glangling, they're, they're angling, but they're in a boat, which is always a helpful, big help and they've got electric outboards so they can just uh, put the outboard on and head off to a different part when I was out in boats we were always using oars it's always a bit of a, a pest or effort rowing and then with the breeze you have to throw out a drogue which is like a, an underwater parachute that helps the boat from drifting too fast in the breeze anyway that's uh, just rub it on me. We're about uh, half a mile, mile to the car. I'd quite like to do more. Actually, I always regret going home. But I came out without packing any drinks and any snacks. And there's nothing better if you're out and about just sitting down as having something either cold to drink or a hot drink or whatever. Got no supplies. We've got the rucksack, but we're full of phones and recorders and cameras. Dog's gone from a plastic lid, he's now come back with a stick. What's that you've got? It's good. What have you got? A stick. That's what I like about Skiddy, he does all the things that a dog's supposed to do. That uh, I had a West Highland Terrier for years that never did any of these things but Skid will always have a stick. If he hasn't got a stick or a ball, he'll dig a hole. And if he's got a bone, he'll chew a bone. He'd, and uh, he chases birds, he chases animals, he, he just he paddles in the water. He's just always looking for something to do. He's not going to, if I sit down, he won't just sit down or lie down. He just goes exploring. And he always comes back with something. So he's going to often find himself a stick. He's now chewing it to bits. That was the sound of ducks there on the lock and the stick's been dropped and he's now standing there all he's what I call him when he's pointing he lifts his left leg back to the stick.
Right, I'll catch you all later. So yeah, that was all about ticks in Scotland, and uh, we don't have any other horrible uh, secrets to tell you. That's uh, that's as bad as it gets getting a tick bite. So that's the the last uh, week or two in terms of what I've been up to. It gives you a flavour anyway. And I'm think sitting here thinking, shall I redo this completely because Skid was uh, making such a racket the whole way through? But I think I'll just leave it. It's uh, one of those things. And this week's episode really just to give you a feel for probably why it's taken me two weeks to put an episode together because I've really just been out walking every day in the local local hills and things. There is a possibility that I'll get out on the five coastal path on on this weekend coming. So if uh, that's true, I'll maybe try and do a section I haven't done before and uh, get some audio from there. And also when I was talking about getting out on these uh, walks and the opportunity to get fit either by walking or cycling on these long distance routes, if that's not an option for you because of your own health compromised in any way, then drop me a note or a, an email and I'll see if I can, you know, if you want to hear any particular sounds of Scotland or there's anything you'd like to hear on the podcast, if you are unable to get out because of your own health or you're just, you know, not going to be able to get to Scotland in any foreseeable future, if there's any reason why it's beyond your reach at the moment, just get in touch. Try that uh, voicemail service, go to bonnytours.com and uh, play around the little player. You can record, play it back, and as and when you feel happy with your recording, you can send it to me. And if you can't get one that you like after you've played it back a few times, just delete it. So you don't have to worry about getting it right first time. Or send me a, an email. Just send it to feedback at bonnytours.com or catch up with me on Twitter. You'll find me uh, on Twitter at, um, at bonnytours. Or you can also look at my new account, which is PPP, that's three P's, Passing passing Places Podcast, it stands for PPP Insiders. And uh, finally, I was going to finish off by saying that uh, those iTunes reviews are really helpful, but also I've, I've been realising that quite a lot of you just listen to the podcast from the link through Facebook or maybe from the website. And if you want any help subscribing to a podcast if you have an iphone the podcasting app is native to the software so it's always there and if you open that up you can search for passing places and subscribe and it'll automatically download to your phone so the episodes are always there for you and if you've got an android phone you can download what they call a podcasting app which does the same job and once you open that app up look for passing places and my podcast is provided through an RSS feed. So these little apps uh, are contacted by my RSS feed and updated automatically. So it means the podcast is always there. And I've realised that the algorithm that uh, iTunes is using to rank podcasts is prioritising podcasts that have subscribers. So if one of you or more of you subscribed in the next week or two, I would shoot up the rankings in iTunes. So there you go. So that's that's about it, I think, for this week. What a hodgepodge of a podcast. I'll go and have a wee uh, heart-to-heart talk with the dog. And uh, next time I'll make sure that I haven't got his football line out as I start recording. You know, it's funny, he's he's come in to have his 
seconds or his second uh, helpings of his dinner. And I've gone to all the bother of uh, putting pillows all around my microphone. And I've switched off my fridge and freezer. And I've got the place as quiet as I possibly can. And I thought he was sleeping on the couch. And the number of times I've done this when I sit down and I start a podcast. And he thinks, oh, I'll wake up then and I'll go and crunch some of that dried food. And I'll have a drink from a bowl. And I'll rattle my little badge with my phone number against the side of the bowl. So he's uh, he's delinquent. He's just a delinquent Jack Russell. Okay, so I'll get off and uh, I'll catch up with you next week. And in the meantime, stay safe. And if you are planning to visit Scotland or you're in Scotland and you're out and about, get in touch or maybe I'll bump into you somewhere on your travels. And uh, I'll speak to you soon. <laughs>